ConnectCloud. Get connected, cyber safe is our mantra. From tailored managed security solutions to our next generation cloud platform, MetCloud will drive your organization forward and help it thrive. You can keep up to date with us in all things cybersecurity by following us on Twitter at MetCloud underscore com. We're also on LinkedIn and YouTube. You can find the links to our social media pages and blogs via our website, metcloud.com. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Vanguard Podcast for 2022. And my guest today is Deborah Leary, who is CEO and founder of Forensic Pathways, an international consultancy and technology design company specializing in the development of innovative technologies for the criminal, threat intelligence, and business intelligence arena. Forensic Pathways have won numerous awards for innovation and business, having been appointed export champions in 2017, voted one of the Midlands' top 50 innovation companies in 2017 and 19, and in 2018 were presented with a Board of Trade Award by the Secretary of State for International Trade. Deborah is an international motivational speaker and holds numerous board and advisor positions in the UK. She's also been awarded an Order of the British Empire and also International Woman Entrepreneur of the Year Award and the British Female Inventor of the Year Award. Deborah, welcome and thanks for joining me on the Vanguard podcast. Thanks, Scott. I'm really looking forward to it. I've got to tell you. Great. Hopefully you're nice and rugged up and warm because where I am, it's a beautiful day, but it's minus two. So Um, uh, welcome to England, basically. (laughs) Yeah, you should be used to it by now. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, Deb, thanks so much for joining me. I mean, we've got so much to talk about and I know we've got a little bit amount of time, but um, I am so, so happy that you've chosen to join us and speak about um, the business and, and, and your journey from, you know, from the start of Forensic Pathways and, and, and where you are now with the introduction of Clarify Eye and, and, and all that. And we'll go through that now, but can you give us a, a, an idea of the journey from maybe university or high school or or whatever to 2001 where you incorporated Forensic Pathways. What was the motivation and the idea behind that? And then take us through that journey and where you're going now with Clarify Eye into 2022 and beyond. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Scott. And um, yeah, the older you get, the more you can remember the past, the more than what you do yesterday. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this should be fairly easy. Um, yeah, so... Well, I, I didn't go to university when I when I, uh, I left secondary school. Um, uh, I was uh, I trained to be a, a, an old style uh, PA, and uh, that was my that was my career for for a, a long time. Well, right up until two thousand and one, actually. And um, basically, I'm a, I'm a curious person, and I think this is what has defined the journey. Really, my natural curiosity and I'm always interested in how things work and whether things can be made better. Uh, and I've got natural curiosity about people. So back in uh, 2001, I was actually working at a, um, a secondary school in Sutton Coalfield and working as a PA. And uh, during that period, I was there for 10 years, and then during that period, I decided to take myself off part-time to university and was doing an English language and literature degree. And with the idea that I was going to go off, become a lecturer, uh, lecture on things like gender and identity on the internet and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I got a, I got my first teaching job 
um, which was at a local college. And I got three weeks off before that teaching job was to start and I was to leave the school. And my husband was a police officer at the time and he was going across to Toronto to speak at a police conference. And uh, he said, you know, why don't you come along with me to Toronto and have a holiday until you start your new teaching job? So I thought, well, that's a great idea. I was um, really interested in photography. And in fact, when I was at uh, at secondary school, I remember having a, uh, a, a careers talk with a careers teacher and he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and uh, which I still haven't. And, um, uh, and I, I said I wanted to be a photographic journalist. And he said, well, how about nursing or the civil service? Um, so, wow. Uh, yeah. Talk about pivots. Yeah, no. So um, any opportunity to do photography and to travel was always uh, great for me. So I took up that opportunity and went with my husband to Toronto. Um, and I got, I got nosy, I got curious. And so on the first day of the conference, instead of going off on a tour bus around Toronto, I thought I'll just go into the conference and see who, who's there and what it's about. And there was a guy there called Dr. Henry Lee. He was the keynote speaker, and he was involved in the O.J. Simpson case. And uh, Henry put up the crime scene photos of of that case and was talking about the mismanagement of the crime scene. And for some reason, I was was sitting there with all the, the conference papers, and I started making some notes because I started thinking about how investigators create the story of what's happened at a crime scene, how they construct that narrative. So I started putting together some notes. And later on, when I got back home from Toronto, I I wrote a paper on the art of storytelling in police investigation, thinking about how investigators put that story together because they are the reader of the scene, but they're also the author of the narrative. So it's, it's a unique position. But as with all all things the the best ideas come in the pub and i was in the i was in the bar at the conference and i was sitting there i didn't know anything about forensics and even though i was married to a policeman we we never talked about work of course. um he we were sitting there in the bar and i was just listening to the conversations and there was a a guy from the U, a police officer from the uk and a, a police officer from canada and they were talking about product and process and the guy from the UK said, at every crime scene, we um, we uh, use a stepping plate. And the guy from Canada said, I don't know what a stepping plate is. And neither did I. And for some bizarre reason, I wrote down on some hotel notepaper, find out about stepping plates, shoes. I didn't know because I didn't know what they were. Um, found open market, set up company. It was a bizarre Wow. I know, I know. I've still got a copy of the hotel notepaper. And um, it, it's just, it's just, it was just insane. Um, I got back home and I said to my husband, who rolled his eyes at me and thought, oh, what's she doing now? Um, you know, can you, can I, can I get a hold of a stepping plate? I, I don't know what they are. And he said, well, I can get you one, but they are like 350 by 350 and uh, tread plates that you put down at a crime scene so you can walk through the scene like stepping stones so you don't contaminate the scene so I collected one of these stepping plates and I was expecting a scientific piece of equipment and what I got was aluminium tread plate 
um, and uh, with a, a ridge underneath the base of the plate so they could balance. Um, and they couldn't be stacked. They were very heavy, difficult to clean, um, would slide on laminate flooring. So if you stepped on them, you could go overboard. And and uh, the most important thing of all, they weren't transparent, so you couldn't see your crime scene. So um, I thought, well, that's fairly ridiculous. So I cranked up Google because we were back in 2001 and um, on dial-up and looked for a transparent... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and looked for a transparent, lightweight stepping plate, which was stackable, and it didn't exist. So basically, I spent the next, from two, March 2001 till the product came out in in around May 2003, uh, developing and inventing the world's transparent stepping plate for the forensic market. Wow. And and that's how the journey started. Um, I, uh, you know, I had to look for, uh, for funding for that and uh, had some very strange meetings with a couple of guys who were into plastic. <laughs> And uh, telling me how, how much it was going to cost me to get tooling. And I yep. think the original cost came in at 250000 And I said, well, you've got to do better, guys. I've only got my child benefit and my teaching allowance. And um, and I sent out the world's worst – while they were going off looking for a better price, I sent out the world's worst marketing literature to every police force in the country with a mock-up of a plastic stepping plate. And um, I got started to get calls for orders. And, of course, I had to admit that they didn't exist, which was quite for me. Um, uh, but uh, said that I would deliver them within 18 months, which, I, in fact, I did. And um, it, it, it was the, the signpost to me that it was a, a journey to take was the fact that the company who made the aluminium plates um, actually rang me and told me I was wasting my time. So, um, so I've, I've always thanked them for that. And, Absolutely. Uh, if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. Exactly. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm onto something here. And, and and when I talked to the guy from the police force, when he rang up and asked me to, for 50, and I said I hadn't got them, um, I said the thing was here, you know, they're, they're the experts in the field, not me. I, I didn't want to go off and invent something that no, the market didn't want. So now he'd given me that confidence that the market did want them and uh, I, I would deliver. And so basically the guys came back from um, the, the plastic, and, uh, plastic uh, materials guys came back to me and the tooling guys came back and said that they could get it, the tooling for 60000 So I managed to get a loan and get the tooling. Gave up teaching in sort of August 2002 I opened up an office, my first office in the January of 2003 with no customers and just a faith that it was all going to be okay. And um, and the first plates rolled off in sort of May 2003. But as with all, but, but as with all these things, you know, you, you can't live by one product alone. <clears throat> and, and to be honest, I wasn't really, it wasn't about selling widgets. It was about, in, in invention and create, creating so innovation yeah absolutely yeah. innovation and creating solutions to problems and just at that time it was the time when uh csi and all those programs came out so the next thing that happened was the fact that um 
a lot of the universities were being approached because they knew that the forensic science was going to be the next best thing and that all the kids wanted to do forensic science. But the universities had got the sciences, but they didn't know about forensic science and the processes. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I got together a team of uh, uh, former senior crime officers and investigators and started putting on practical forensic courses for police, for, uh, for, sorry, for universities so that we were teaching the lecturers before they taught the students. Um, so that was the next part of the journey. So if it's... No, no, it's fine. What I was going to do, I just wanted to touch on that because one of my questions I was going to ask was, was any of the, um, and you've answered it, to be honest with you, you know, how how um, motivating was seeing CSI and, you know, the UK equivalents um, of all these forensic um, shows coming on TV? Was it making it more mainstream and then saying, yeah, I'm onto a winner here? And actually now it's becoming more and more mainstream with all these shows coming on. Was that was that something that that do you think motivated the idea, or was it was it after the fact that you had the idea to go down this track and and say I'm no. going to start this business before that came out? It was was it just fortuitous? It was it, it was fortuitous. It was after the fact actually. Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd started it and, and we were we were we were rolling with it all, and then then the show started. Or they might they, the, to be honest, the shows might have started, but I never watch I never watch crime. Yes. Crime programs because my husband was in the job. Of course, I didn't want to think about anything like that. But yeah. um, uh, the 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 timing couldn't have been better. And actually, in in the end, the stepping plates uh, went on to CSI New York, and I, I actually got invited over to LA for the filming to train them on how to do use them which was fantastic. Wow, that must have been an experience. Oh, it was a wonderful experience. It was really cool. And uh, and to see you see you play it's on, on CSI New York was, was something quite wonderful. And they've been on Silent Witness and all those other shows as well. That's um, fantastic. So I, I think it's a great story. I, I love the story, Deb. I think it's and it's inspirational and it's it's you know it's a story about pivoting, innovation and and just being in the right place at the right time, like like all entrepreneurs are, and I think all entrepreneurs say the same thing. Yep, to be honest, I was lucky in this way, I was lucky in that way. But you make your own luck too, don't you? And, uh, and you've yeah. got to have the idea and, and and all that. But what what I'd love to ask, and and before we get into you know where you're going and and, and developments, and you know because obviously the stepping plates are not the only product you have now, as you said. Yeah. Um, what, what? How many police forces around the world now sell? Uh, oh, sorry. Use the stepping plates or or products from Forensic Pathways, and is it multiple countries and multiple departments throughout the world? It, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, we, we naturally we do a lot across Europe: uh, yep. Italy, Germany, France, the Netherlands, Sweden. You know, uh, um, across Europe, uh, we're also selling the stepping plates into um, the USA, Canada. Uh, they've gone into South Africa, um, yeah, uh, India, and the, the, there's numerous countries they're sold into. But we've still got a long way to go. There's still, you know, I, I mean, it, it, from the American side, you know, we, we are selling into America, but not in the volumes that we could be selling into. But America's a big place, and you take it by chunk at a time, to be honest. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. You know, there's still, there's still a lot of bandwidth to go on the stepping plates, which is great. 
you know, it's still a fantastic opportunity. So fantastic. Absolutely. So, so moving forward with, with, you know, as you say, there's still a lot of growth to go with the stepping yeah. plates, which is, I, I would say your bread and butter and the cornerstone of the business, but You've also got other directions that the company's yeah. taking, and and you've got this new brand, Clarify Eye, which is, um, which you've launched and and is going full major focus in twenty twenty two. Give us a little bit of an understanding of of that direction and where you're taking yeah. the business from that side. Well, if if we if we look at how the company has evolved, so obviously we've talked about the crime scene stuff and the stepping plates, and then around two thousand six two thousand and seven. You know, it's quite clear to to me that the the world is going digital, and I think we need to go on on the foot on that that journey because the uh, I remember being in a police in a police station and the guy the police officer his office was surrounded by boxes and I said what's going on he said oh don't ask me he said procurement have bought all these digital cameras and we don't use digital cameras who's going to use digital cameras and. <laughs> So I sold him a, a digital forensic um, uh, photography course, um, uh, which I hadn't got, but I, we, we, we got together and, and put one together. And it was quite clear that that's the way the market was going to go. So we, we started then moving into developing technology, and we developed technology around image analysis and mobile phone data. And, um, you know, we've got some really cool technologies in, the, in those areas. And all throughout that period, we became known for developing not only technology, but also known for the management of data and sort of the interrogation of data and the management of it. So um, we started getting companies coming to us looking for due diligence and fraud investigation. And we were using open source Intel for that and, and, and solid uh, researchers. And that continued right up and, and still continues now. If data had a sound, it could be this. The sound of important and sensitive information leaking out of your business. MedCloud. Get connected. Cyber safe. Uh, but in 2016, we got approached by an organisation to, uh, to to look at online fraud. It was uh, an organisation called CIFAS, which is like the National Fraud Membership Association relating to uh, uh, fraud. And they were interested in online fraud. And so we started to look at not only, obviously, the open, open source Intel, but also dark web. So I set the team the, the challenge of developing a new technology around dark web investigation. And so we created Dark Search Engine, which monitors the dark web 24-7, seven days a week, crawling the dark web for, for data and sending alert back, alert back to clients if, if their data is found on, on, on the dark web. Now, this obviously has evolved, and we've got we've got lots of companies who are now using that. Uh, but in two, in in 
2020, I, I did a review of the company, well, myself and my fellow director, Ben, we did a review of the company. We thought, well, you know, the company has got lots of elements to it. We've got scenes of crime, traditional forensics, we've got digital forensics, and now latterly we've got this world of cyber and open source intel. So we decided to put that that side, the threat intelligence side, into a separate entity called Clarify Eye. It's still a brand. It's just a brand within Forensic Pathways, but it's predominantly focused on threat intelligence. So, so if I talk about Clarify Eye, the things that we're talking about there is very much focused on things such as dark web monitoring and investigations, social media investigations, um, uh, the usual due diligence background investigations for companies and people. Um, we do executive impersonation. So that's looking at, say, um, a, a company has a, 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 a board and they want to review the security of that board, but what's out there on the on the open and dark web about the board and help them secure themselves and, and uh, online. Um, we do simulated phishing campaigns, and uh, the usual cyber awareness training, but from 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 a, from the dark web perspective, um, you know, we're now providing services to to businesses, linking that with open source intelligence as well. So our dark search engine platform it it refreshes every four hours. Now, when you think that you know stats say that on average, you know, it can be uh, uh, nearly two hundred days before a company realises it realizes it has a cyber breach it's had a cyber breach um you know if we can get to find that any data has been sold on the dark web sooner that's going to help companies so we, we we monitor keywords and phrases which are supplied by the company and then we send them out alerts should those um appear uh on the dark web gotcha uh, gotcha. and then, yeah, and and interestingly, you know, some of those um, some of those sites on are, are on the dark web um, have got capture, and we can get behind capture so that yeah. we can get into the marketplaces and forums. Wow, and what's the market for that, Deb? Is it is it to enterprise or is this you know is this direct to enterprise? Is it is it more? Uh, is it is it government? Is it government departments? Is it through reselling? Um, you know, where's your focus? More on the enterprise, selling into those enterprise and government spaces? We're getting a lot of traction now with uh, companies, large multinationals, yeah. any size of business, really. We've got quite a, quite a spread. So it's very much, you know, the, uh, the brand and risk management type units within large organisations that are coming to us. We also do work with some defence companies as well. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Fantastic. Well, that's a great overview. Thanks so much for, for talking about the company and your journey and, and how you got there and, and the idea. The idea for me is awesome. You know, you go to, you go for a holiday, if you will, to <laughs> Toronto um, with a passion of taking some photo of, of, of you know, the bay and the tower and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff and, and maybe Niagara Falls and all of a sudden you come back designing what is arguably the world's leading forensic scene stepping plate. I think that's the, that's a, 
great story to uh, to to hear, and and certainly you know the the pivot you've made within the business, and I, I love that. But one of the things that that I've read on um, about you, and and obviously speaking to people that know you, is you're also really keen on giving back into the community, whether it's a board member or an advisor or being on a steering group. I think you know if I can mention a couple, you're the president of the Greater Birmingham Chamber of Commerce. You're on the ex- the executive board of the Greater Birmingham um, Commonwealth Chamber of Commerce, co-chair of the Business Committee for Midland Met Hospital. Um, you know, you're an advisor at the West Midland Cyber Resilience Centre. But, but, and I've, there's a massive but here, um, one of your massive hobbies and passions is stand-up comedy. <laughs> so how does someone in such a serious, you know, really intense uh, forensic crime and science industry how do you get into stand-up comedy and and tell us a little bit about that and also you know the 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 stuff that you give back into the into the community because for me you know I have trouble doing three things in my life but you've got you know I've pulled seven here that, and, and I think it's a list of nine but um tell me how you you go about this and how does comedy come into that as well well the comedy thing I was conned <laughs> Okay. I, I was con because you know again um, I, I was I was in a I was in a meeting in uh, in uh, London. It was a, a women in business meeting actually, and uh, a lady that there called Lynn Parker was uh, talking about uh, an organisation she owns called Funny Women, and as I'm rushing out the door to catch my train back back to Broome. Uh, she said, oh, I'm doing a charity challenge. I'm getting business women who have never done stand-up before to do stand-up for the first time for charity. Would you do it? And I just ran out the door shouting yes and <laughs> never thought any more of it. And uh, and uh, before I knew where I was, I, I got to write a script and, um, and, and deliver that script to about 250 people in London. Wow. It was a, a bit um, daunting. But um, I, I I loved it, and I you know um, it's it's I am re- I have been really busy, and obviously with COVID, not, not a lot's happened, and too busy to write some more. But it, it's it's it is a passion of mine. I think comedy is a great leveler. You know, sometimes with <laughs> you're in business, if you don't laugh, you cry. So uh, you might as well get might as well get. The- Couldn't agree more. Could um, not agree more. Uh, so uh, it's just a natural. It's just something that I, I naturally gravitate to, and I think I think also, you know, with, with funny women, one of the the key things about it, it it's about um, bringing new comedic female comedic talent to to the industry. But right. the other, the, one of the main things about it is it also works with corporates and business to help them develop. Their, their 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 female talent because yeah. we we so often leave our authentic selves outside the door and you know I think it's from being at school you know you come to school you get walked through that classroom door you've got to leave your personality behind and do as you're told and 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 that's a shame so when when you go to do a presentation when you when you're standing in front of people it's that confidence to bring you to the bring you to the floor as well because yes, sure. people are coming to see you and hear about your experiences they're not looking for a machine they're looking for a human being so uh, developing that confidence and bringing humor and your personality into it is really important 
I could not agree more. I think that's one of the one of the greatest comments I've had on the podcast and something I resonate with. You know, I people talk to me and say, oh, when you get up on stage and you do a talk, you know, you don't use a script or whatever. Um, and they say, how do you do it? How are you so confident? And I said, but you don't see me two minutes before I get on stage. I'm a bag of nerves. <laughs> yeah. um, and and how do I get through it? Normally I bring a bit of humour into my presentations or or whatever. And And one of the things that I've learned as I've grown older and I, and I turn 50 next year, so I, you know, I, I, I've been around. I'm not around... 50, you know, you're far younger than me. <laughs> um, you wouldn't tell by the picture, Deb, don't worry. No, it's okay. not. But one of the things that I've learned is, you know what, when I'm up on stage, if I'm in front of 20 people or 2,000 people, no one out there wants you to fail. No. So if I can bring a bit of humour, it's going to lighten the crowd. People want to enjoy themselves. They want to laugh. They want to have fun, but they also want to learn. And if you can bring all these elements to to business or comedy or just doing a presentation at your local career club, everyone's happier for it. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's a great story. I, I love that. It resonates with me so well. But the... Just going back quickly on 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 the the charitable things you do, yeah. and obviously, um, you know, you've been awarded an OBE, which is which is fantastic, and that's exactly what these awards are for are for people that give back, and you've given back so much. Do you enjoy that part of the uh, uh, of your side of you know uh, uh, of your life where you can give back to these people? You do a lot for women in 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 the industry. You do you know you're on the Cyber Resilience Centre. Is that something that you're passionate about too? Is just giving back for the for the chance that you've had you know you know what I, it, for me it's I, I learned so much as well you yeah. know when, when when you when you're sharing something with people you actually reinforce some of the things that you you need to remember yourself that's um, a great point you, you you learn so much and you learn so much about yourself so for me I'm naturally as I said at the beginning I'm naturally curious yeah. and, and if I can help somebody think about something in a different way um and share my experiences then usually what I get is feedback of something that I didn't know uh, and and everything that I've everything that's on that list that you probably got in front of you mm-hmm. the things that I do all of those, whether it's whether it's on the all parliamentary party working group on women in enterprise, or was on the um, on the advisory board of the UN Global Compact UK network, or, or the chamber, any of it, um, they they all relate to my business because everything is connected. Yeah. So you know, if if I'm if I'm championing about corporate social responsibility, then I'm not. I'm not just championing that for for the UN Global Compact. I'm championing it for smaller businesses as well to help them see that the impact that they have on their communities and the planet and every and their people is is more is is greater than just the widget or the service that they're selling. I agree. And to and to give them to to show that there's greater value that they can that, that they can um uh share I, I think that's that, that's a fantastic point. You know, one of the things that um you know uh, the re- reason how a shared friend of ours Ian uh Ian Vickers um we met when we both uh volunteered on a an industry uh, executive council for CompTIA. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was always in, I always enjoy those events because I was normally, um, you know, one of the only salespeople on the group. And therefore, you know, there was all these genius uh, individuals, you know, technical individuals, cybersecurity experts. Um, and I was there to you know, motivate or action or, you know, get stuff done. Uh, whereas these guys were coming up with these ideas that I had no idea about. After those meetings, I was a far better mm. professional in the industry for the things that I could learn from those people. So for me, putting forward, you know, my time to help was actually more of an education side of things than actually, you know, offering my t- services, if you will. It, it, it was absolutely. it was both. It was absolutely both. I agree. Um, the last question I have before we go into our our final three, Deb, and I'm conscious that we're you know we're half an hour into our into our discussion, which seems to have just gone like that. Um, but you know, many of the entrepreneurs I speak to and business people, they're all motivated by either something that didn't work or a failure that they had or or a step back in their career or their aspirations or their you know whatever the, a knockback has made their their success stronger or better or, or or in fact even more enjoyable is there a setback or a knockback that you've had in the in the process of setting up uh forensic pathways that that's really helped you and resonated in the back of your mind to say, that's not going to happen again. I'm going to make this a success. Is there anything that stands out to you? Uh, yeah, actually. The, when, when, I, um, when I first invented the stepping plates, for instance, they, they're made from polycarbonate. Yep. And um, polycarbonate flexes. So um, the, when you stepped on them, they flex slightly. And none of the, they didn't ever broke, but they would just flex. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll I want to redesign. I want to design that flex out. So I got a company to do it, and um, this was back in about two thousand five. And uh, it took them about three months to do it, which was longer than they said it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the new ones arrived, and I I kept getting intermittent breakage. And so I developed this market, and the product was failing. And I, 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 I never forget my stomach churn on that because I thought, I, I just don't know what to do. I, 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 I've, I've got to give up. And then I thought, no, pull myself, pull, I once I pulled myself together, I, I had to start again. So I had to redesign the whole tooling. I had to do everything again. And, um, and managing that process and managing myself out of that situation took a lot. Because at that point, I hadn't got lots of other things I was doing. I'd only got a few other services I, I was providing it was very early days sure um so i had to start again and um and and and, and i did and uh, the the plates went on to be humongously better than they ever were before yeah. um and they have been absolute they've been absolutely brilliant and that was going back to about 2006 and now they take something like eight each plate takes about 800 kilos wow wow <laughs> even i could even i could stand on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so i mean to see to see a product fail when you're trying to improve yeah. it and knowing that you've created a market and it, it was a global market was really tough for a small business i bet but you know what you become resilient and, yep. and you become adaptable and and, and, and my god we've, we've all had to be like that over the past couple of years and Absolutely. i think i think those types of things make make you realize that you can cope with things and you can be creative and um 
it's made me realise that I've got the I've got the answer to everything. It may not necessarily be the answer I want, but I have <laughs> got an answer. Yeah. Um, and 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 I'll go with the thing, the adage that things don't go wrong; they just go different. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great one. That's a great one. Deb, that's fantastic. Thank you. I'm sure many, 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 many entrepreneurs and business owners and even anyone in 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 their working careers can resonate with that. There's no doubt about it. We're, we're at the end of our time um, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and and obviously the business we could go on for hours, I'm sure. But um, we, we finish off with a quick fire three and I have okay. three, quick, three questions just top of your head let me know what you think um they're they're really good fun the first question i have for you is who are the mentors in your you know in your early part of your career or during high school that have really impacted you today uh, that's an easy one that would be my parents my dad yeah. was an entrepreneur uh, he was vibrant he would go into uh, places and, and revamp them and be creative and he was a people person he, he was really you know engaging and, 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 and in, in, in involved with people and yeah. my mum was always looking for the next big thing <laughs> she was oh, always, looking, always looking for the next big thing so definitely my parents oh that's fantastic and and to be honest with you same with me so I love that. Um, number two, what do you wish you knew when you were 20 that you do now? I wish I knew that I, I, how, how much braver I am. Uh, you know, I'm braver than I thought I was. I love that. Can you give us an example? Just being confident in my ability to to make change happen and, and to um, ride any storm. That's great. That's great. And as you say, very pertinent for the last couple of years as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, is there a futuristic invention from your childhood that, that you'd think would be readily available now? And uh, in fact, is it? Um, not from my childhood, but from um, I just want to get to the state of the matrix where I can plug something in the back of my neck and learn French. <laughs> 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 very quickly. <laughs> See, they're two that have never, ever come up in my podcast, Deb, and I'm so pleased. Yeah, I just want to plug something into my neck so I can – there's a thing called Babbel. Yeah, so you could use Babbel and just plug it in like a USB (laughs) stick, albeit as long as it's been scanned, of course. Yeah, well, Um, I'm looking forward to the next Matrix film, so there we go. I I love that. I love that. And and, – and and that's just that's just brilliant. That is just brilliant. There was there was the Matrix, and what was the other one? What was the other one that you said? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> plug in the neck. Oh, um, yeah. you the Matrix. So you, you you plug the the thing in the back of the neck, and then you can you learn a skill within a nanosecond. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what I want. <laughs> I love it. That's brilliant. Deb, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time this morning and speaking oh, to me. I've, I've really enjoyed it and 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 learning more about Forensic Pathways. Um, the only thing I will say is that, that when you were talking about countries you don't sell into, there's there's one country oh, glaringly missing. Do you know what I didn't say? I can't believe it. I didn't say I can't believe it. I've got an, an office there. Well, they, uh, you've even got an office there and you didn't even mention it. So... <laughs> Um, that that's fantastic. That, that I was going to say, if you need a contact, let me know. But um, 
you know, that that's brilliant. Deb, thank you so much. I'm I'm really looking forward to us uh, at some point sharing a, a glass of wine or something like that face to face up in up in the Midlands, hopefully in 2022. Can we make um, it more than one? Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll make it two then. That's fine. Um, but no, we'll, we'll definitely do that. I very much look forward to that. I wish you and Forensic Pathways and Clarify I all the very best in the new year. I'm, I'm sure you're on to a winner. Um, I want to wish you and, and your family and, and, and the whole of the business a very Merry Christmas and thank you so much for joining me today. You too, Scott. Thanks a lot. It's been fun. Thanks, Deb. Cheers. My thanks to Deb for joining me on this episode of the podcast and what a fantastic and interesting story of success she shared with us. To take a holiday with her husband to a policing convention in Toronto, to have such an inquisitive mind and see a gap in the market for stepping plates in the forensic world and then being so innovative and inventive to redesign an old product and make it a global award-winning product is simply amazing. Deb's outlook on business and life by knowing there will be ups and downs, learning from those moments and persevering to success is inspiring. She highlights how she has had to be resilient, adaptable, and have the ability to realize the journeys not only about the financial and professional success, but also about learning about yourself. But just as importantly, it's about helping others along the way and giving back. Thanks, Deb, and I look forward to watching the success of Forensic Pathways and Clarify Eye in 2022 and beyond. Thanks for joining me on the first episode for 2022. And remember, take care, stay safe, and keep on innovating.